Hello, I'm Regina Botras and this is Backstage, where we talk with the who's who on stage, in dance, comedy and performing arts, speaking with the leading theatre makers of our times and how they came to the stage and what drives them and inspires them. My guest is Justin Smith, who is playing the role of Baker in Into the Woods, a musical by Stephen Sondheim, opening at Belvoir on the 18th of March and playing till the 23rd. And as well as that, later this year in August, he will be taking on the mammoth role of Gough Whitlam in The Dismissal, a brand new Australian original musical from Squabologic telling the story of Australia's most dramatic political event, the sacking of Prime Minister Gough Whitlam in 1975. I can't wait. Um, And as told through the eyes of Norman Gunston, wow. Uh, (laughs) Justin has starred in numerous stage productions, most recently Hayes Theatre's Dubbo Championship Wrestling, which I just didn't, I didn't get to see, but just sounds phenomenal. And we did do an interview about that. Bangara's Wood Young Not the Past and with some other credits, including Billy Elliot, the musical and the National Theatre of Parramatta's Jesus Wants Me for a Sunbeam, which was an incredibly moving production. That's not all. So much more. But please welcome Justin Smith. Hi, Regina. Thank you. Hi, Justin. So, wow, so much to talk about. But first of all, can I get a sense of, like, when did you come to the stage? When did you first find that kind of, I don't know, passion or drive or interest? Uh, well, uh, I went to a school that was our junior school. We had a particularly um, sort of inspiring music teacher. She, you know, from year three, she made us all learn the violin to train our ears wow. musically. That's like she bought the, the school bought. I don't I don't know how many violins, but everyone was learning the violin um, because you know it's fretless and it helps you know, train your ear and, and then, you know, singing came from that and they were, they um, had a very kind of, um, you know, um, excellent choir that she ran as well. So I sort of, you know, my brothers, I should say, my brothers were already sort of singing music bands. So it was kind of in the family a little bit and I, I guess I knew I could sing, um, but that sort of, fostered you know my love for it and um um so i'm the youngest of six kids wow and the three boys that are the one two three the third boy is a teacher was a teacher and he would he loved musicals so he would he would always put on musicals at um at teachers college um and you know invariably there'd be a role for me so you know from year five sort of i was doing that um and and then yeah that sort of that sort of just sort of carried on through high school and i um i found a great um amateur youth theater company out of glen street um in french forest near where i grew up and it was a real hot spot of um talent and so many of those people have gone on to be professional actors you know like sharon Millerchip and um lots of, you know ditch davy a lot of a lot of great yeah. people so yeah, that was basically all I was ever going to do, unless it sort of fell apart <laughs> and I have to rethink things. But really, put all my eggs in one basket. Uh-huh, I see. In night, I should say, I like so so in year eleven, 
I was cast in Jesus Christ Superstar with John Farnham and Kate Sobrano. Um, so I got to leave school <laughs> for whatever it was, six months maybe, and I had very understanding oh, pictures that geez. somehow that counted as credit <laughs> and then through year 11. Anyway, that was just a sidebar. Wow, what what an experience. What fun. What a great, you know, year of high school it must have been. So, okay, well, one of six, but what were your parents creative? Like were they, you know, what did they do? No, dad oh, no. dad was is an ins- was an insurance man. Mum was <laughs> okay. a mum. Um they both met at AMP, you know. <laughs> Kind of very, dad was very sort of financially, fiscally conservative and very kind of sensible. And so, yeah, that, they love music. Mum's a big opera fan. So there was always music. Mm-hmm. Dad loves, you know, um, ragtime sort of Louis Armstrong stuff. So, but, um, and, and they actually, both of them have got pretty good ears. They can, you know, sing a bit. But okay. no, that's sort of, yeah, not ne- yeah. not really. Not just, no. I know, it's sort of that opposite, in fact, in a way. Do you still play the violin, I have to ask? (laughs) No, I haven't picked up a violin for a long time. Shame, shame. What school was that? What what an immersive, like, way to train you, to everyone to play the violin. That was, yeah, that was at St. Aloysius College. Um, um, And then I left that, I left that school and went to, Forest High, which was actually equally just as um, you know nourishing. We had a that Forest High at that stage were um, they probably had I think like the best big band school big band in the in the country. We were doing we were like the entertainment for the Sydney Kings. There was lots of band tours, and I was sort of singing for that. There were some great teachers there as well. So I um, had I had private and public education. Okay. <laughs> so what was that first, sorry, what was that first musical in year five? Do you remember? What? <laughs> yes, of course I do. Um, <laughs> uh, well, my brother wrote a musical. Oh. This is 1985, so <laughs> Cats had just arrived. So he wrote a musical called Dogs <laughs> and uh, wrote a, a part for me. Oh, what kind of dog? Who were you? What was your character? Well, what was I? I think I was in like a Labrador, I think. Yeah. But, you know, everyone wore, sort of wore jeans with like fluffy different brown bits of stuff on them. And, you know, right. the story was uh, um, one of the dogs gets <laughs> run over by a car. It's very funny. It was very funny. It wasn't supposed to be like hilarious, but in hindsight, we absolutely cack ourselves about it now (laughs) there you go and then i think not long after that i did smite okay thank you yeah yeah (laughs) and it hasn't stopped since so tell me about the audition process i mean you've obviously been auditioning forever and maybe you don't need to audition do you still have to audition or does your reputation precede you and like do you remember those auditions early yeah bit of both um less so now which is great <laughs> early on um yeah yeah that i i i i don't like auditions i mean i do i well let me preface that with like just in terms of nerves like nerves can be helpful a little bit but i i really don't find them helpful and it took me a long time to kind of 
manage nerves and I reckon it got in the way of, of a lot of, you know, potential job opportunities, but I'm better at it now. Yes, yeah, so I, I will still, you know, you'll still go in for screen tests um, now that they're starting up again. I mean, yeah. it all stopped and we all had to do it from home for COVID and it's now sort of changing a little bit. It's, yeah, the, the, the processes for like, um, you know, when I did Rent, that was like, I don't know, six auditions, different people, different, particularly those big shows that have got um, overseas creatives that, so you'll see one round or two rounds of local people and then another three, you know, it's hectic. Yeah. So how do you prepare? You don't always get it. Yeah. And how do you prepare for those nerves? Uh, I think mentally I'm just better at kind of just sort of managing to kind of let it, just let it move through rather than kind of let it grip you. And you just got to just got to know the material really, really well. I think. Yeah. Um, sometimes, like I used to, kind of not. I uh, used to feel like it's better if it's fresh. If I sort of didn't sort of spend a whole lot of time on it, particularly with screen tests, so that you can still sort of learn it pretty quickly, but not sort of and just sort of let it be some more spontaneous. But I don't actually think that's true. I mm. think it's much better to kind of do the work and have it fully sort of in your body. Yeah. Yeah. And they're kind of, you know, in some ways so much worse because you are kind of have to prove yourself. And once you get the role, I mean, because obviously going on a stage is really, you know, there's a lot of nerves and anxiety around that or not anxiety, but, you know, like how do you prepare yourself for the stage? But that kind of before you even get on the stage, there's this whole, you know, proving yourself. What as you've done so many productions? Are there is there one like you mentioned Rent, but is there one that you know really, I don't know, was most challenging or most enjoyable for you as a performer? Um, I have very soft, big soft spot for Billy Elliot because I was lucky, lucky enough to do it twice. I did the older brother in what was it, two thousand seven or something, and then two years ago played the dad. So. That was great. I wasn't the first person to have done it, actually. There's a couple of other guys performing that have done the double, and that was just, um, it's such a great show. So particularly as a dad, myself, it was like fathers and sons and stuff. I just like, it gets me every time. So anyway, that was, um, it's such a great show, and that was, that's sort of been a special part of my my professional life, those two productions. Um, lots of, Lots of challenging things. One of my, well, I had a great time and you know, was really challenged. Um, I did a production of A Flea in Hurry, which is a, a farce, a French farce that was obviously adapted to English um, at Sydney Theatre Company that, um, that was um, like really physical. We had to play multiple characters and um, it was just nonstop for two hours and like, yeah, I've never sort of been stretched that much and that was that was amazing, yeah. Okay, so with the Billy Elliot, obviously growing with the role, what a, an interesting thing to return playing the older role in, in that. What fun. Um, so let's talk about Into the Woods. This is taking, well, uh, the Sondheim musical and tell me about your role as the baker and what it uh, you know we're talking about fairy tales or are they actually based on the Grimm's fairy tales 
original, which have that darker, darker element. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's a comedy. It's a comedy with a with a sort of beautiful heart. It's it's all your usual sort of suspects, except for the baker and the baker's wife, who are kind of, I guess, the the normal people in the story. The kind of no, I wouldn't say the audience's representatives there, but um, they are sort of like the common man in amongst the the mayhem that sort of ensues mm-hmm. from everyone trying to get their their wish. Um, so yeah, um, they have their own journey. Obviously, they need to um, they need to get their wish. Um, they want to have a baby, um, so that involves a, a, a big sort of trek into the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone sort of meets in the woods and various sort of um, various things happen. And then act two is what happens once you do get your wish, how things change um, and how uh, the individual pursuits sort of um, become one of community. Oh. Which is really lovely. He's it's it's just it's a mass, massive show. It's very intricate. It's very clever. There's nothing, nothing, no note for note's sake. It's it's sometimes been very clever about how he's put it all together. As everyone knows, I don't need to tell people how clever he is, but um, mm. but he's yeah. It just amazes me every day that the way he's got sort of motifs for each character and how they musically entwine and how it how it sort of supports the the drama and the action and the characters it's just it's just a joy well mm-hmm. i mean once when you get it right <laughs> it's been um it's a it's a lot it's like a cryptic crossword right yeah you and your wife want to have a child and it's you've been cursed you can feel like you're being cursed i think what i, I guess i'm getting at that you know, this is something that every everyday people face and it must feel like a curse if you want to have a child and can't. And I guess I'm getting at that the that often fairy tales are, there is, well, obviously it's a, there's a moral or there's something that relates to just everyday experience, right? So what are those some of those themes that maybe come up? Like because we've got Cinderella and we've got Red Riding Hood and Rapunzel. Jack. Jack and the Beanstalk, yeah. What are, are they all got different kind of reasons, obviously, for going into the woods? What are the kind of deeper, I guess, issues for them? Uh, the, I would say that, that sort of what I sort of touched on before, the overriding sort of messages of community and how mm. people, people's individual pursuits sometimes shouldn't be at the um, expense of the greater good sort of thing but um Mm -hmm. i I think it's particularly at the moment in in i I feel like i don't know if it's because of covid but i do feel like community the idea the notion of community is sort of um i think we went away from it a bit and maybe it's coming back again i I think it's important i live in in the inner west of sydney and um um we moved there when the kids were little um and we moved from a suburb that would like no one talked to each other. So I would walk out of the house, the neighbors wouldn't say hi. It was so weird. And then we moved to Marrickville and it's um it's got such a great 
sense of community and anyway so that's um that I, that I would say is the biggest kind of overriding theme of the show um and yes everyone has their individual kind of journeys and having there's a there's a show on channel nine about ivf at the moment i don't know if you've seen that so yeah i mean that's that that's what they're dealing with that it's it is a curse for those people they must feel like um yeah that, that, that they've been cursed it's great it's awful so um that that is the sort of anchor for our story and and there are but ultimately it's about family it's about community it's about helping mm. each other mm-hmm. and i mean it's an obvious kind of question and maybe more a statement but into the woods in that kind of lost feeling like is yeah that kind of the, the the metaphor i mean the, the, the metaphor is that yeah you go you go into the dark place to kind of sort through your shit and then mm. and then hopefully come out with a solution or you know a better person mm. or yeah definitely yeah. yeah and whether the woods is sort of in your your mind or yeah it's not necessarily a physical place but yeah but also so, yes. very funny I was, go- I was going to say tell to me about the writing and the music and like is it is it all um told through the music or is there dialogue and interaction like what is the yeah yeah no, there's uh, there's a, a script written by James Lapine, who was um, sometimes collaborator on a few shows. Um, very sparse language, very kind of um, storybook sort of language, but um, very kind of blackly comic and some sort of um, slapsticky kind of stuff. Um, there's a real kind of range of of comedy in there um, and some really poignant moments, which I mean, when it combines, well, I like sometimes there's a, you know, you only, and, and any sort of rule of musical is that, you know, you, you only sing if there's, if, if there's no more to say, you know, you get to the ah. point where um, all I can do now is ex- express this at a sort of another level, uh, whether that's sort of a joy, joyful moment or a um, sad moment or whatever. Um, and yes so the script and the music are entwined very beautifully okay so is the the comedy also in the music in the kind of style of music as well oh for sure oh he's very like yes absolutely and every song is as i said they have he's very particular about the musical motifs he uses for for each character and he's actually i mentioned the um cryptic crossword he he used to write cryptic crosswords for i don't know new york times or something so there's a lot of wordplay there's a lot of he just manages to weave themes and like just kind of um language through the piece that comments back on things and um you know that's he's yeah it's very clever and and each song is quite unique um but they somehow intertwine amazingly right. how he does it yeah <laughs> let's not pull it apart but do tell me like some of the motifs is that a kind of a musical motif or like using certain instruments i don't know don't know what that means yeah well for for instance there's a there's a, a sort of um uh there's an element that runs throughout the show um of five beans that are ultimately what brings the giant down the beanstalk but also 
what um, my character uses to. He need, we need to get four items so that the, the witch can become beautiful again. Oh. And um, um, we use the beans mm. to to barter and you know get our get our um, elements. Um, and that has a musical motif. So there are moments where I'll drop beans into the hands and dum 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 dum, and then that becomes the song for Jack. So the melody becomes dun, 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 or it's Rapunzel's so clever. Um, oh. chanting song, and you know, and then he inverts mm. it. So you sort of, as an audience member, you go, "I sort of know that from before, but now it means something different." Yeah. Wow, how fantastic! That's just wonderful. So, very quickly on. Um, Gough Whitlam, what a, a, oh, wow. What do we know so far? What can you tell me so far briefly about this, this future production in August? Um, we did a workshop production of it in something, some year. <laughs> I'm 20, <laughs> I don't know where we are, no, 2019 or something. Um, yeah. at the Seymour Centre. So, um, Jay James Moody and Blake Erickson have written it, the script, and Laura Murphy wrote the music, amazing music. Um, and we did a, I don't know, like a two-week rehearsal for a two-hour thing and sort of threw it up, and it was um, hilarious and very well-received and exciting and um, new and kind of unique. It's sort of... Uh, uh, I don't know how you describe it, the, the comedy, the humour, the script is sort of maybe a little bit South Parky, kind of very irreverent. Mm. There's a lot of um, cross-gender um, casting, um, which sort of adds another great wacky layer to what is, you know, obviously a massive moment in political history, but also just mind-boggling how it actually happened and that it was allowed to happen and the way it all happened and the shady characters in the background um mm. and it just sort of leads to, you know you just expand those characters push them to the edge and and you've got some pretty amazing kind of comic creations and um yeah it's exciting that they can do a proper version it is exciting. I can't wait and hope to speak again about that closer to the time. But until then, Justin Smith, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Gina. Very nice to see you. Nice to see you. And I can't wait for um, not just Into the Woods and the dismissal, but the return of the dogs um, featuring you as well. <laughs> don't, don't hold your breath. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, that was Justin Smith uh, and Into the Woods is playing at Belvoir Street from the 18th of March until the 23rd of April.